This is Kristen Nicole Young, and you're listening to the Headbands and Hard Truth Podcast. to continue this is kind of a continuation of episode five or part five so um if you have not watched part five i would definitely recommend that you go do that go watch part five and this will be kind of the finale of part five so um and then we will um talk about some other things in the next next part Okay, um, so part five, which we did, it's been now three weeks, but um, it was our last session, and we did a lot of technical stuff. We looked in Daniel chapter nine, and we talked about the 70 weeks of Daniel. Um, so like Kristen said, I definitely recommend that you go back and look at that because you will, um, you'll need that information okay, as we go forward. Um, and so we're going to finish up since there was so much information and technical and I really like to make sure that I'm making sense and um, I wish I could actually converse with you on the other side of the screen because I like to ask questions and make sure people are understanding. Um, but nonetheless, uh, here we are and so if you have questions you can just shoot them to Kristen and we'll try to answer them at some point. Um, so the 70th week of Daniel, um, we know that that will be the final week, week being uh, not days, but years, okay? So not seven days, but seven years. And so seven, the 70th, 70th week of Daniel will be the final um, chapter in history. And uh, as we know it, the, the, the age of man, right? It'll be the end of the age whenever that time period is over. So what we wanna talk about is some things that have to happen before that 70th week begins. So, um, because obviously if we know what to look for, then we know kind of where we are and if we're even getting close to that time period. So the first thing we're gonna look at is, um, there, there are about four things that I have down um, that need to happen before that 70th week can begin, okay? The first thing is that the Jews have to return to their land, okay? It's prophesied that they would return to the land. God scattered them. Um, it was part of the curse. Uh, God had said in Deuteronomy, which Kristen's going to read that passage in just a minute, but God had told his people through Moses um, he said, if you obey me, then you will be blessed. And there was this long list of things that would go well for them if they obeyed the Lord. But if they disobeyed the Lord, there was a long list of things that would go very bad for them. And the ultimate thing was that they would be, they would be um, torn from their land, that they would be scattered all over the world. And that did indeed happen because we know that they were not obedient to the Lord. So um, let's look at, so they have to come back to their land. They have to be back in their land for this final week to happen, okay, this final seven years. So Kristen's going to read Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 1, and then verses 5 through 9. All right, this is 30, verse 1. And when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God has driven you, Okay. Yes. Okay. And then five through nine is, and the Lord your God will bring you into the land that your fathers possess, that you may possess it, and he will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring, so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and all, with all your soul, and that you may live. 
And the Lord your God will put all these curses on your foes and enemies who persecuted you. And you shall again obey the voice of the Lord and keep all his commandments that I command you today. The Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in all the work of your hand, in the fruit of your womb, and in the fruit of your cattle, and in your, the fruit of your ground. For and for the Lord will again take delight in prospering you as he took delight in your fathers. Okay, so basically you can go and read that on your own, but you, we see there um, exactly what we were saying, that God, there would come a day where he would bring his people back into the land, okay? And so the best that I understand from the history that I know, um, we see that being fulfilled at least to some degree um, beginning in May of 1948, okay? Um, there was, we obviously know that there was World War II. We know there was a lot of persecution um, of the Jewish people. And after that war, um, there was provision made for the Jewish people to come back into their land, okay? So that was, that was fulfilled in May of 1948. Now, since then, you've had, um, you know, you had some Jews begin to trickle back in to Israel. But over the years, more and more have, have come back, okay? And they continue to come back. Because God said he was going to draw them back. He was going to bring them back. So we, we continue to see that happening even now. Um, the second thing that needs to happen is that control of Jerusalem would need to be um, regained by the Jewish people. Okay, Because Jerusalem is the capital of their uh, country. It's the capital of their land. And they're going to need to be in control of it according to the prophecy in Daniel chapter 9. Okay, I'm not going to turn there for sake of time. But we read in Daniel chapter 9 in our last session um, how this, this was prophesied for your people. And who was your Daniel? Daniel and his people. It was prophesied for them and for their city, right? And so their city is Jerusalem. That means they've got to be back in their land and they've got to be in control of their city, Jerusalem. Well, that happened in, uh, it was fulfilled in the Six-Day War of 1967, okay? So we've got two check marks already in our list. So two things that have been fulfilled that need to be fulfilled before the 70th week can begin, okay? Um, then we're going to need to have a temple. The Jewish people, um, there's going to have to be a temple rebuilt, um, and one of the reasons for that is because obviously that's their religion, um, sacrificial, the sacrificial system where they sacrifice animals on the altar to be right with God for the for forgiveness of their sins. Um, and we also know that the Antichrist will take a seat in the temple, okay, the Jewish temple. So there has to be a temple for him to take a seat in the temple. So let's look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, um, verses 3 and 4. And it says, Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God, in, uh, or object of worship so that he um, takes his seat in the temple of God displaying himself as being God. So we're told right there that he will take a seat in the temple. Okay, so that has to happen. Um, there has to be a temple. Now, we know that has not yet happened. There is not yet a temple that has been rebuilt. This would be their third temple. They had two other ones that were destroyed. 
Um, and so we have this third temple that we are waiting on to be rebuilt. Now, the thing is, is that this could happen very quickly. Um, there is something called the Temple Institute uh, that is an Orthodox Jewish organization. Um, they are very passionate and zealous for uh, the rebuilding of their temple so that they can reinstitute their religion, their sacrificial system. Um, we've actually been to Jerusalem and went into the Temple Institute. They have the priestly garments. They have all of the things needed in the temple. Um, there's the table of showbread, the lampstand, the altar of incense, the brazen altar, um, the Holy of Holies. Well, the Ark of the Covenant, I don't, we don't know where that is. So hopefully, I don't know, maybe that'll show up. But uh, the Ark of the Covenant, all those different articles um, that need to be in the temple, they have all those minus the Ark of the Covenant. Um, they're, they're ready to go. And so the, the temple could be rebuilt. Um, it could happen pretty quickly. Um, now there is one other issue and that is that the Dome of the Rock sits on the Temple Mount. So that poses a little bit of a problem. Um, although there is some question as to whether or not um, the, the Dome of the Rock, well the Temple site, it may be in a different spot than what they're traditionally thinking that it is. So it may be that they'll discover through excavation, which they're not allowed to do on the Temple Mount, um, it may be at some point they discover that they will be able to rebuild on that site, okay? I mean, it has to be on that site because that's where, that's where their temple stood. It's where God chose for their temple to stand, and they, they'll rebuild it there. So, um, so we need that to happen, but like I said, it could happen very quickly. And I personally think that the Antichrist himself, um, he may... Um, to endear the Jewish people to himself may uh, broker a deal to help them rebuild their temple. So I think that's a high possibility. So we'll see, but that's one of the reasons that we watch Israel because they are a timetable, a timepiece um, in, in the prophetic calendar, okay? Okay, so then um, there's one other thing that has to happen, and I'm not going to get off into this a whole lot. Um, it's, it has more to do with the geopolitical aspect, which is not my area of expertise. I'm not real good at that. Um, but you can look yourself in a couple of different passages, and I'm going to give them to you. Ezekiel chapter 30, 38, verse 6 and verse 15. That's Ezekiel 38, verse 6 and verse 15. And then Daniel chapter 7, verse 8. And then also in Revelation 17, verses 12 through 13, okay? Those different passages deal with some different geopolitical aspects. Um, obviously, we know that the Antichrist um, will be a world leader and a world ruler, which means that nations and the geopolitical aspect are going to come hugely into play. So, mm -hmm. something that's going to have to happen um, is that... Um, we're told that there will be a consolidation of three nations, okay? That, that the Antichrist, I think, will <clears throat> use that consolidation in his rise to power, okay, to world power. So there are three nations, and we're told in Daniel chapter 7 in particular, and you can look that up, in Daniel chapter 7, um, that there are three horns that are broken off. Now, horns represent nations, 
And so these three horns are broken off and that one comes up in its place. Now one is the little horn and we know that it's antichrist, okay? Um, it just trust me or you can look it up, um, but it, it's, that would be the antichrist. So these three horns get broken off and one comes up in its place. So we understand that to mean the nations. So three nations will either, they'll either give their power to the antichrist or the Antichrist will seize power from them. We don't know exactly how that's gonna come, come down, but he will take charge of these three nations and then that will be the vehicle that he will then rise to world power, okay? So that needs to happen before the 70th week can begin, okay? So those are just some events that we'll look for and need to happen before that, that time period can begin. Now, the thing that will set off the 70th week, okay, the, the trigger, if you will, that will actually, the, the one event that will begin the, the clock ticking on the 70th week is when the Antichrist signs what's called the covenant of death. Now, they're not going to call it the covenant of death. He's not going to say, hey, Israel, would you come and sign a covenant of death with me? <laughs> you know, he's not going to call it that. It'll be a peace treaty or, you know, something with a really nice name. Um, but the Bible calls it the covenant of death because that's exactly what it is, okay? They don't really know the Antichrist is, is going to be deceiving them. He is going to be incognito. Um, he is going to pretend to care about them and want the best for them. Um, obviously he doesn't. And so this covenant of death, he will make, it'll be some kind of peace treaty, okay? And it may not have to be a new peace treaty. It may be a peace treaty that's already been made in the past that is further strengthened, right? Um, that they, they take it and they look at it and they say, well, we like the bones of this peace treaty so let's take this and let's just strengthen it you know or let's add some things to it or tweak it a little bit or whatever um or it may be a new one i don't know um but but that is one thing that will that will have to happen it it will be the one thing that will kick off the 70th week now how do we know that we know that based on what we read in daniel chapter 9 that said that the antichrist would make a covenant with the many or with the jewish people for one week or seven years. And so it is, it is that one event that is the beginning of the 70th week. So again, one of the reasons that we watch Israel, one of the reasons that, you know, we obviously wanna pray for Israel. We want those people to come to know Jesus as their savior. Um, but we watch Israel to see what's going on. We watch the geopolitical realm to see, you know, um, as well what's going on it's just it's important to to be watching um because these are the things that are going to happen that are going to give us a clue as to where we are okay just like you watch um you look at the skies to determine what the weather's going to be like um you know if it's cloudy and dark and you know you're probably not going to plan a picnic because um, it may rain so just like we can look at the skies and kind of determine what the weather's gonna be in the same way, we need to watch Israel, watch what's going on, understand the times and see where we're living, okay? And what's about to happen. So that is the, the completion of um, what we had started in part five. And we will um, end this video and then we're gonna go into part seven and we're gonna talk about why has there been a gap between the 69th week and the 70th week. Thanks for joining.